0: Yes guys, welcome to another episode of the Profit Profile podcast from your host Chris Foster the Profile guy. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you are going to get hair barbering inspiration Motivation to play the game at the highest level. This podcast is only focused on profile development and it is sponsored by Elite Profile Academy. That's www.eliteprofileacademy.com. Now, EliteProfileEconomy.com essentially is designed to Teach hair professionals not to do barbering or hairdressing, any technical skills, no business skills at all. It's fundamentally designed to elevate your profile. If you want to play the game at the highest level, do the fashion shows, work in amazing parts of the industry where you just kind of pinch yourself to be a part of, then Elite Profile Academy is the place to learn and master the skill set, the network, the profile building strategies to get you to the next level. But this strategy, which we're going to share with you right now, is the whole concept of Competition work, and the gentleman which i 'm going to interview is none other than Stephen Smart, a world champion hairdresser, a multi a winning ward hairdresser, and he 's going to break down some of his key concept, his mind, it goes into his whole mindset when it comes to approaching competitions. Guys, you'll be inspired and I know you're going to enjoy this episode of the Profit Profile Podcast. Now, at the end of this podcast, I have got a great giveaway for you. It's my competition calendar. It's like it will help you plan and prepare for your next competitions. So, wait to the end or maybe even download it now if you want to but it's going to be in the show notes guys check that out and make sure you download your competition calendar so you are ready to crush it in your next competition okay guys thank you very much for listening to me rabbit on let's get into the interview with steven smart i sound like a wrestling person don't i anyway Hey, Stephen, thank you again for joining me at the Profit Profile podcast. How are you doing this fine, sunny afternoon?
1: I am very good. Thank you very much. Very good.
0: Super. So, so glad to join that we can have you on and and join me on the podcast. So, Stephen, I I know there's some people might not know of you or what you're about. So if you can possibly give us a quick kind of uh, overview
1: of your career thus far. Okay, well, thanks again for the invitation to uh, appear on your podcast, though. Um, Okay, so I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't know who I am. My name is Stephen Smart, and I am a hairdresser of, oh, twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty nine 29, 28, 29 years. I started in uh, 1991, 1991. Um, i've been uh, i've been hairdressing the whole time i went to college um uh, worked with um, a, a local salon and was um, was trained with them and uh, and then when i finished my apprenticeship with with them i then went to work for a another salon in the local area uh, who was a competition hairdresser and i found a love of competition hairdressing through him um and that's what really started my real kind of creativity and um, really started making me fall in love with the with the industry and with the craft really so um and that was a long time ago now <laughs> <laughs> um but since then i've been very very successful fortunately in competition hairdressing and uh, in 2008, I won the World Hairdressing Championships. And Brilliant. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And then from there, decided there wasn't many places I could go. So I wanted to work more in the commercial side of the industry. So I started uh, creating photo shoots, putting collections together, and getting um, a little bit more coverage in in magazines and in the media generally, so uh, I fo- that was what I focused on really from there, and that was about 2010, something like that. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I'm sure that you'll get loads more out of me if you uh, if you want to know. <laughs> of course, we want to. I, I, you know, for me,
0: uh, Steve, it's it, it's your the reason why I had on a podcast is. It's how you've built your profile, especially with the, the competition side of things. And you you still regularly enter competitions to this day. Um, tell yeah. me, why do you think it's important uh, for your professional development to
1: enter competitions? Right. Well, um, there's, there's two sides of competitions. And uh, people that aren't into competition hairdressing probably won't realize that. But um, I became world champion for live competitions so that's where i'm having to to work on a model in front of um, everybody else in front of scrutineers and and then uh, there may be 100 150 stylists on the floor all working at the same time and then uh, once you've once all you, the, the time limit's up you're finished you're then moving away and then letting the judges come in and, and judge it um, there's a couple of a couple of competitions that still do that things like the L'Oreal Color Trophy um and a number of other salons uh, a number of other salons a number of other competitions around around the world um the competitions that i enter now are photographic based competitions really so they use the images that i've created in a collection and then um they uh, they 're judged on the image the 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 styling the the composition um and the sort of forward thinking nature of the of of the looks of of the image generally so it 's a different type of competition um but I still enjoy that sort of uh, that competition so I just okay. like winning. I just like winning, really. Winning. <laughs> we all love winners, don't we? <laughs> That's That's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but there's but there's two very different reasons why it's helped my my career, if you like, and my, my profile. Because mm. the first side of it, the live competitions, w- was very much something which helped promote my business. Right. So uh, you you could you could spend in the in the, this was in the days before social uh, social media. Um, There was very much a a case of trying to get as much sort of column inches and um, uh, and, and media coverage locally in the papers and radio and things like that. Um, You would spend a lot of money on advertising trying to do that. And I didn't have the money at the time. And it was a bit of a waste of time, I think, because I always find that if I won a competition then the local newspaper wanted to promote it they wanted to tell people about it and therefore people read it because they were it was a newsworthy item of somebody in the local area so it helped generate a profile locally for me which helped promote my business so essentially it 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 worked as my advert hmm. and that was one of the reasons why i i focused on that first of all um fortunately i became quite good at it so it did really um it it did really help me personally um and then when i switched into the commercial side of the industry and started doing photographic competitions um i found that it really upped my profile with um other people in the industry Mm -hmm. the industry as, as a whole um it got me international recognition and um, the, the media, the, the trade media, became more aware of who I was. And therefore, the manufacturers became more aware of who I was as well. So they, it, it's, it's worked in two very different ways. Mm-hmm.
0: So would you, would you say the skill set that you learned for the, the kind of more photographic competition are completely different to the skill set to the live? And what are they?
1: If they are uh yeah they are they are quite different um one the the one thing a lot of people look at uh, uh live competitions and think it's a bit old fashioned or it's not really relevant, but it's absolutely relevant to everything that we're doing in the industry because what it actually does is it teaches you the fundamentals first of all of 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 hairdressing cutting colouring styling finishing um it teaches you to do it perfectly well because you've got somebody judging that so they're looking for all the flaws so you need to do it perfectly perfectly well um, once you've done that you you have to do it in a time limit and as we all know in this industry time is money so the quicker we can do it the, the better and so it meant that the the skills that I learnt from that really helped me personally and professionally in, in the salon now when I had to switch that from live competition to photographic um, uh, competitions and putting the collections together, the skills are slightly different. Um, you you have to you have to use the skills that you've learnt, the actual ability that you've learnt, and actually translate it to a photographic shot and generally the the best way i can describe that is that if you're trying to do it for a live competition it's very much a sculptured kind of look everything's very perfect but when you do it for a for a um a photograph it doesn't look alive when you take a photograph of it it looks quite one dimensional and so you need to give it a little bit more freedom so basically you need to once you've made it all perfect you need to screw it up <laughs> you need to you need to make it look a little bit more lived in it needs to it needs to have a little bit of life and and, and look a bit more natural so you the the skills are the same but you actually um, y- you adapt those skills to the different um the different genre of work that you're working in does that make of sense
0: it does. of course it does so in sure. preparation <laughs> that it does it does in preparation um What kind of preparation, how much preparation do you put into? The, the, in either the live competitions or the, the photographic side of things. Real. What type of pressure is it? Is it slightly different or for yourself? Or do you give it the same sort of, um, level? Of course, you don't do live now. Um, and I've yeah. seen you and I have yeah. I've, I've, I've uh, the fortunate, the fortunate, a wonderful task of seeing you even do live presentations. Um, and your model choice and the, the, the clothing. Uh, I know your partner gets involved in in that side of aspect yeah, of, of presenting yes. your business, which you are the brand itself. But tell me how much preparation you put into um, both. If
1: it's if yeah, can... yeah, it's 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 a huge amount of prep. It really is. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't I can't tell you how much it is. It's 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 huge, and it's fortunately I I I love what I do. And um this is essentially all I do. So <laughs> so for me it's a, it's a lifestyle choice, not a career. Um so I, I find that I put everything into it and the preparation starts a long, long time before um the actual event takes place. So when I used to compete in the in the lives uh, the The amount of practice that I would do was r- well ridiculous really i mean i used to i was working in the salon six days a week um because it was a newly opened business i first started competing in comp- in live competitions in nineteen ninety nine and uh, and that was the year that I opened my business so it wasn 't an ideal time <laughs> it wasn't it wasn 't well planned um but i uh, <sighs> I used to work six days in the salon and then after work at around six o'clock, I would have models come into the salon or I'd work on mannequins and I would work till maybe nine, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Sometimes um, when it was getting closer to a competition, I rarely slept because um, I seemed to put myself under a lot of pressure to, to, to do everything. So I would, I would spend most of the week, 2 weeks running up to it working till 2 3 o'clock in the morning sometimes um coloring hair pieces perfecting them going over again with them um redressing them just making sure everything was second nature to me before I actually went to do the competition um when I used to work with the models I used to for instance I, I competed in 2006 I competed in the world championships in Moscow and i created a, a white blue black um uh, asymmetrical almost sort of a sasuni sort of shape um a, a style which was a cut and color and we colored it in the hotel room the night before but the prep for the white the the white base that i was creating the color on Um, I actually started prepping that model's hair six months beforehand to make sure it was as white as it needed to be, but the condition was perfect. Um, and, and it, and it's a one-off color. So when you do it, as I say, you do it in the hotel room the night before you don't wash it again after that. So what you've done is what you get. So you need to make sure that you've done all the prep. That you don't screw it up when you uh, come to do it that night. <laughs> Gracious. <laughs> um, so that's that's the extent that I would go to with competitions. Um, actually, one interesting little fact is that when we when we used to compete interna- uh, nationally, um, I come from the southwest of England, and when we used to go and compete in the northwest, for for instance, the water was a different. Hardness, so there would be different metallics in it and things like that. So, we live in quite a soft water area Mm -hmm. here. And when we travel, when we were shampooing the model's hair for competition in a different location, the hair would react differently when we blow dry it because we'd shampooed it in different water. So we actually used to take litres of our own water from down here to go up so that the hair would react in exactly the same way as it would do here. That's preparation. So yeah. that,
0: that is the whole next level of preparation, <laughs>
1: yeah it's a bit mental isn't it i understand that i No, I'm but you obsessive. can you can
0: see the results and so this is why you are i would i can i say hands down one of the finest hairdressers that i know because the level of detail you put well, in your thanks. work is phenomenal honestly
1: it really is
0: thank you
1: <laughs> so talk about talk about so, the photographic side of things because so that so yeah so that sort so that sort of preparation that mindset is very much the way that i have then uh, translated the prep that I need to do for um, for my photo shoots so what I would always do is I'll always create the collections in my head first of all and then I draw them all mm. so um, I can then start to build a picture of how many looks I'm going to create on the day and I can get a look or I can get an idea of which looks are going to suit best as a collection rather than just going in and creating a number of different styles and hoping they all work together i want to create something which has got variation but there's um, a little bit of a theme a little bit bit of a story if you like through it um where do you find that story
0: where do you get that story from
1: I'm inspired by a lot of people in the industry. I really am. And I'll see you now, obviously because of social media is really easy to be able to see everybody's images and everybody's great at sharing those. And, you know, they want to show what show them off and, and brilliant. Um, It means that I can gain inspiration from all over the place. Um, There's not really one sort of area that I go to. I don't, uh, I don't necessarily look at nature or, or look at architecture or anything like that, but I take from, so many different areas Um, and it it doesn't matter whether it's men's or whether it's um, avant-garde or whether it's cuts or colors or salon work. It's, I can literally pick it up from anywhere. And and so what I, what I tried to do is just try to put my own little spin on things. So uh, people will, I'm sure would be able to look through my work and say, Oh yeah, that's similar to that person's or that's similar to that person's. But um I'll never I'll never shy away from that. Yeah, I do take inspiration from all over the place. Um but uh, I always try to put my own little spin on it or put a different detail in it as you as you you rightly said then that um just makes it mine, I suppose and maybe just takes it on to a different a different plane uh, onto a different level. Um but the 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 prep from from that perspective is slightly different because you don't have to do the same amount of training you don't have to train yourself to do something it's more about being able to deliver that that look in front of the camera so if you've got the ideas um, quite strongly imprinted in your in your mind or you've got it down on paper then when you create the photo shoot you can you can keep going back to your mood board if you like go back to your original designs and think right is that where i wanted it to go and i always try to have a good strong base of that when i'm actually on a shoot i'm fine with the fact that things change so you have to be able to adapt and sometimes the feeling isn't the same as you expect on a photo shoot things do differ and sometimes work that you've you've tried doesn't work you know it's not really giving you the the image that you want to create in front of the camera um which is which is fine that's the way it goes and but it's being able to adapt and i think if you've prepared properly for that then you can adapt to it and you don't panic about it and you don't waste time and money um trying to flog a dead horse Mm. (laughs) as we say (laughs) um and you you just think, right, I'll, I'll put that idea to one side. I won't worry about it. I'll move on to the to the next one. So I always have a number of different ideas for all the different models and all the different styles that I've got. Um, so I've got variation and, and I've got a fallback. I've got a plan in place.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, I, it, I guess
0: because these the, shoots cost a lot of money, you do need to be able to do plan
1: B and C just in case oh yeah absolutely yeah absolutely i when so in terms of the preparation i'll sit down with the photographer beforehand um and we'll have a number of conversations about the type of um look that i want to go for and how i'm going to create um, how i'm going to create the styles and therefore how i hope they're going to be shot uh, because lighting is extremely important so if i can show him um or her um the uh, the the mood that i want to create and the type of lighting and again i'll look back at other people's images i'll just see collections and think i really love the way that that is shot or it's beautifully lit i'd like to shoot one like that but with my images um i'll use that i'll i'll take that as inspiration i'll show the photographer we'll have a chat about it see if that will work with my ideas of the styling and the the clothes styling i mean and the uh and the overall feel of of of, of the collection and if it all works together brilliantly um uh, then yeah perfect we've nailed it but if not i'll always say okay well that there was that other idea or that other idea that we looked at as well because again your your lighting doesn't always go perfectly well either mm-hmm um so the more uh, the more fallback plans we have the better really but if you prepared properly then you don't have any worry
0: Mm -hmm. so and you know i'm this my last question about competition work because uh, i think it's fascinating a lot of people don't realize how important the actual competition work is for even professional development it's it's essential i believe some people people shy away from it but actually the process of going through and thinking about a concept and laying down an idea like yourself drawing um, things and putting a collection together is is fundamental in in project management in financial budgeting and it's just so many different things that you put into building a collection it's just amazing when you think about if you break it all down um it's it's, a lot of discipline it's
1: a huge amount of work yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it really is. Um, there's there's so many different elements that you need to think about, and uh, when you're first getting into it, you don't really notice that. You don't really r- realize what you're going to have to think about. Um, as you said, you've got budgets to put in place. You've got your you're paying for the photographer. You're paying for each model. You're paying for a clothes stylist. You're paying paying for um, you know maybe assistants, um, makeup artist, the studio um uh, travel food um, accommodation for people. it's just it's just madness <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to spend that amount of money but as you could probably tell I'm a bit obsessive about stuff so I do end up spending a lot of money because I want it to be right well it's, <laughs> it's a reflection of your brands and if you, it's like any brand
0: if you, you 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 know you you get a Gucci bag you know the marketing that's going to get being a Gucci bag versus a Out bag and you know what you're spending yeah, totally. and the quality you're going to get from a Gucci versus a Pro, and no, Gucci versus Primark <clears> excuse me <throat> me
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah don't drop prada no, that, no,
0: no, no, the same sentence. sorry <laughs> for those who are prada lovers so i do apologize
1: <laughs>
0: so um, oh, so dear. who makes up your core team when it comes to your photographic side of things who would you have do you have like, a go-to team or does it change like it's... an a team b team or what? what does that look like
1: i have a i've got a very strong core um of of team that i uh, that i work with and i do think i uh, people have often said to me oh i can tell that's your work but i'm not quite sure why they can tell it's my work whether it's the i'm not sure whether it's the photographer that i normally use or the clothes stylist or the makeup or my hair i'm not sure um but uh, maybe we can have a conversation about that one day and you can tell me what you think. <laughs> but, um, uh, I, my, I'm very, very lucky. My uh, my wife of many years now is uh, my makeup artist and she is also quite often my clothes stylist for a lot of uh, my shows and for some of my shoots as well. Um, that has been a huge help over the years because we obviously live together and uh, so the ideas that come about are quite organic you know they they're not they're not forced we think about things um throughout the year with 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 the mindset of oh yeah we could use that idea for a shoot or for a show things like that so uh, that's really good to to be able to have that uh, stability if you like and we're quite a, we're quite a good team we work very very well together so Uh, that is that's great for us um i generally always work with um uh, a friend that i'm sure you know as well um bernard Connolly, who um styles a lot of my shoots and does some of my shows um he's he's somebody that has shot with a lot of photographers and a lot of uh, stylists over the years, so um, he's uh, he's got a, a great knowledge for for what is going to look good in front of the camera. So he's a big help as well. And over the probably my last six collections have all been shot with uh, Richard Miles. And Richard Miles is a fantastic photographer, um, and he he really. He really works with me. I, I help. I think I push him as well, but he he pushes me to to think slightly outside of the box as well. So we we have created some pretty, I think pretty spectacular collections over the last couple of years.
0: Well, I can testify to that some really amazing work. You've always, always uh, you. put out some phenomenal work. So it's um again, a testament to the preparation and the teamwork that goes into actually putting those looks together. So it's phenomenal.
1: Yeah. It's, it's not something that you can do on your own. It is, it is great to be able to work with a team who, um, think on your wavelength and, um, you know, can get on your wavelength and, uh, Again, we've 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 spoken a lot about preparation. If we can actually prepare the team for the right goal as well, then uh, everybody's on the same page and uh, it's it's far easier to uh, to achieve the result. So, tell me, do you have any str- uh, strategies that you
0: put in play uh, when it comes to presenting your work in photographic uh, terms? I mean, of course, you don't do live shows anymore. Is there any particular strategies apart from what we just spoke about? Anything else that the, um, that maybe someone else can listen to and say, yeah, that's a
1: great strategy? In terms of getting the shoot out there? Well,
0: in, in terms of creating that, that image, um, getting it out there. I mean, do you tend to, let's say one strategy, for some people, they would use a competition to start planning a photo shoot for some people just yeah. they just do shoots because they just want to be creative and not enter into competitions um because i i, I strongly I believe yeah, yeah, some yeah. people don't take i mean again it's some people's choices but they don't actually take pictures of their work which is again a legacy thing i think it's good to kind of go back after the many many years of doing this industry and say oh i created yeah. that at that particular point um, some yeah. people don't do that but what, what would you say there are any other strategies that you've you've actually identified that you put into play to get you to yeah do absolutely
1: you do? yeah there is it's, it's interesting you bring that up actually because um one of the big things that i regret about the live competitions is the fact that i don't have that photographic image of the work i produced on that day mm. I've got the stuff that I would have taken myself, sort of effectively backstage, if you like, but I haven't got the image. Mm. If yes, that makes of course, sense, I understand what it. Yeah. Which, which, which I really regret about mm. that. But that's one of the things that makes me really focus on getting the right images when I, when I now create collections. And so, what I tend to focus on, um, and one of the good strategies that I've, I've really focused on over the last maybe probably two or three years is is really um really working the getting the most from the collection that i've created so beforehand what i'll actually do is i will think about okay am i going to shoot this in black and white am i going to shoot it in color um do i want it to go do i want it to look more editorial or do i want it to look more beauty or do i want it to look more hair? <laughs> And the reason I the reason I think about that is because there's going to be different mediums of media that will promote and therefore um, push your profile. You won't get so much coverage for argument's sake if you shoot always in black and white if you're doing things for trade magazines because magazines want to see color so generally um you want to really focus about where you want to put your brand and where you want to put your profile based on the work that you're you're creating so so what i'll do is i'll actually look at um all the different competitions there are around the um uh, around the world because they are international ones as well and i because and the reason i look at the different ones is because there's slightly different criteria i don't think they know there's different criteria but international judges for for argument's sake will judge collections and images differently than say a british judging panel wow because th- if you look at the different sides of the industry in different countries they're focused on different things, and so they'll pick out different things from the images than, say, a British judge would judge would judge it. So uh, you're going to have to help me look... with that one. So I want. I really. Yeah, want yeah. To... No, that's fine. Yeah. So if we if if we look at for argument's sake, and I'm I, and this is no reflection on the the type of work that people that other countries do or the standard of work or anything like that it's purely their industries and what sort of floats their boat in their industry in their region does this make sense so um, in the UK we're still very much cutters so it's whether it's men's or whether it's women there's, there's a lot of cutting influence because of Sassoon's and obviously everything that's been passed down from that legacy um, with other brands that are available now, um, you'll see a lot of cutting in the British hairdressing awards and various other awards that go on. uh, Even whether it's things like trend vision and L'Oreal color trophy and things like that, there's still a lot of cut element to the styles that they're producing. Now, if you were to take those over and they're quite and to us, they're relatively mainstream now. Whereas if you take those styles to other countries, be it America or you take it to uh, Central Europe, those styles will seem extreme. And they therefore they're pushing the boundaries of what they see is fashion And therefore, if they're not open to that real push for high, high fashion, and they're looking more from a commercial aspect, they're not likely to put your collection up above somebody else's who is doing more of the type of work that they're used to seeing. Mm, Does that make sense?
0: And what type of work are they used to seeing, do you believe?
1: Well, and and i i only fortunately i've traveled a lot with my with uh, my career so i have experienced this firsthand and um in 2016 i won my first uh british hairdressing awards collection um award with the collection called feline Mm. which was thank you um which was a Brit. Oh, I love, I love the collection still. And in fact, I've only just, I've just posted three more, uh, three of the images up on my social media. So if you do want to have a look at those, then you can go to that. Yeah, um, um, but I, I toured that collection. So what I did was I, I was, in, I was asked to do some shows in different countries. And one of the ones that I remember clearly was going over to Poland. Uh, I did a show in Poland. It was a massive show, And I was, it was just me. I did it on my own. I had 12 models and I had uh, my wife with me. So she did the makeup. We got all the styling from Bernard Connolly. took it all over with us. Uh, it was a huge task and masses of preparation. When we got there, We, As soon as we got picked up from the airport, we were taken to a casting to cast for the models that we were then going to be working with the next day, cutting, colouring, doing all the prep. And I couldn't tell you how difficult it was to find models that would have the work done that I'd put in my collection. Mm -hmm. It was so, so difficult. And when I asked a couple of people that were involved in the organization of the show about that, they said, well, your looks are very extreme. Now, in that collection, I didn't feel they were very extreme at all. (laughs) (laughs) So that actually came as a bit of a shock, Mm. but it made me realize that there is very much a divide, if you like, between the type of work that I'm not, I don't want to say acceptable, um but is it, i don't know uh i don't know how to put it uh they just have a different they just have a different view on on what's fashionable on mm. um, and and because of that i i think that there is a little bit of a divide when it comes to how they judge it mm. for international competitions so going back to my original point which was When I create a collection, I have to think about, okay, if I'm going to use this collection for international competitions, I need quite a bit of commercial work rather than anything that's too extreme. And I need something which is maybe more styling and more color orientated than it is extreme haircuts. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense and the same the same goes when i go to the us so i've actually i've won fortunately um a couple of um awards at the one shot awards which is um by behind the Chair. Mm-hmm. um and i've won those both for color um funnily enough the 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 images that i've won for in the us have not won in the uk Right. Why do you think that is? Different audiences wanting different things. Mm. As simple as that, really. Um, I think it was for a for a UK audience, it was. There was not enough um, technical element to the haircut or to the styling in it. And they were I've, I've won for. Uh, soft color which is quite commercially dressed and um, quite a wearable image whereas here they expect a little bit more than than that they want to see something a little bit more technical a little bit more hairdressery Mm,
0: interesting yeah
1: yeah That might be con- controversial, and people might disagree with me on that, mm. but that's my opinion. Always. Well,
0: listen, you can't argue with someone's opinion, and if you've been in the trenches, you've seen it um, day in day out.
1: You know what it's like. Um, we can, yeah. we can only just say, yeah. well, but uh, but what but what that uh, helped me do? I'm not. Uh, that's. It's, I'm certainly not criticizing that. It's just the way it is. Yes. So what I tend to do is I, I then adapt some of the work that I put out for those competitions Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so I've actually learned from that and it's helped me benefit because I've really helped I've, I've tried to understand what different countries or different audiences want exactly yeah and I think Definitely that's what it comes, is, down to. and
0: ultimately, like you said before, people want to win. If you f- want to feel like you're winning, you might as well have the information to be for, um, you yeah. know, in, in, in prior to doing something, thinking you're putting all this work out and it's certainly going to be appreciated. It's better that you adapt the way you work and then get the appreciation of the audience, the judges, versus just putting work out because you, like, you like it. But ultimately, if people want to win, then that's what they have to do,
1: they have to really play yeah. to what they yeah, I- are looking for. Yeah, there was a, 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 um, a great piece of information, a great piece of advice that was given to me many years ago before I started um, putting collections together, and it was from um, Annie Humphreys. And Annie Humphreys said to me, um, do not create a collection for the BHAs she meant she wasn't being specific to that competition. She meant for any competition. She said, do it for yourself because that's, what's going to represent you as a brand. So once you've created that collection, then put it in for those competitions if you want to. But if you really want to win certain competitions, then as we've just, um, Uh, spoken about you need to focus on what it is that's going to help you win it but if you're if you're if you're entering a competition uh you're you're putting a collection together for a competition if it doesn't win you're not likely to really like that collection afterwards because you're not doing it for yourself and that's something that i've learned the hard way the first collection I ever put together was uh, in 2011. Um, and I love it now still because I did it for me. It was an image. It was a It was a collection of images that I always wanted to put together. They had been in, floating around in my head for ages. So I, I managed to put them in front of a camera. And I still love it now. Um, I got nominated for the BHAs that year, um, but I didn't win. I then started listening to other people i started to take advice from lots of different places i started to adapt dilute um change the work the way that i would have put a collection and my images together to try and win it because i'd had a bit of a taste but getting nominated the first time and then felt right i want to win this now but i then changed what i did and and to, uh, 2012 and 2013 i didn't get nominations and and i hate those collections in all honesty and uh i it so it cost me a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of hard work and a lot of prep and a lot of effort <laughs> um, but it was a valuable lesson and two years after that um i then stopped doing that and really focused on what i wanted to uh what i wanted to create what i wanted people to see about the work that i produce and um a collection of images that would actually represent me and and, and my brand and so and that's what i do now i in all honesty i don't listen to what other people think i should do i do what i want to do but i'm just inspired by lots of different places
0: fantastic so um see so if somebody was starting in the industry right now um mm. and you were able just like you got a piece of information on anna F- humphreys what yeah. would it be what would your kind of your nugget of of knowledge will be for that person starting out or even not starting out maybe they're still trying to find their way in the world of competition work if it is competition work you're going to do an advice on if it's something else Mm. completely different that's not a problem at all but what piece of advice would you give anybody who is in the industry right now who's starting out or in the industry or wherever they are right now what piece of advice would the the, the smart
1: advice i would say <laughs> 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 get, get well, smart <laughs> there you go <laughs> get smart i think i would have to actually go back to something that my mother told me um when i was going into the industry and because she was she was the reason I'm in the industry not because she is a hairdresser she just uh, she was actually, she's a, she was a teacher um but she she gave me the advice which was um she wasn't trying to steer me into doing something that I didn't want to do first and foremost so the advice she gave me was if you start in a career you do what you want within that career you're going to love what you're doing and if you love what you're doing, you're going to create your very best work because you're going to put all the effort you possibly can into it. So in the in this day and age, what we're seeing is we're seeing loads of people trying to um, become big on social media, get massive followings, trying to um, create um, a, a profile for themselves which um they seem to be doing it for everybody else again this is just my opinion so um i I think it's really important just to bring it back to basics and just to do what you love doing because that way you're going to put everything you possibly can into it if you're successful from that incredible and you sh- you probably will be, more often than not, because you'll be putting out your best work and you're putting everything into it, all the hard work, all the time, all the money, all the effort. Generally, you're going to be more successful because of that. If you're trying to do something which is um, based on what other people's opinion is or trying to please everybody else, then you're never really going to be able to put your best effort into it so i know this sounds long-winded but um to me the best advice and i and and i'm glad that i had that bit of advice from my mum. and um the when i'm when i'm doing any of my education or any of my teaching i always tell people love what you do just enjoy it just you know don't be scared by it don't be don't be guided by other people. Let your imagination, your creativity, your enjoyment of it show through in the work that you produce.
0: See, that's been amazing. That's been, honestly, that's pretty much smart information, people. You've, you've all heard it now. Uh, so, Steve, can I just ask you, where can we find some of your photographic work? Because clearly you've done all this work. Is there a website? Is there a social media handle so we can actually see your work and just appreciate the kind of uh, the legend that you are?
1: <laughs> wow. I'm not sure I'd go that so, far. Please take, take it. it. Take you. it. Someone's <laughs> offered it to you. It's it's a free meal. It's
0: not cost me to say that to you. I'm I'm taking that. it's like you are a legend. So <laughs> that's going straight in the back pocket.
1: Um thank you. Um yeah, um my my website is um smartest73.com. Smart EST73 um, and my Instagram handle is smartest 73. Um, and you can find me on uh, Facebook, Stephen Smart as well. you'll see me because you'll see the quiff and the glasses I'm sure which is
0: which is your
1: very own signature star. Yeah, yeah, it is. I like I keep thinking, or oh, maybe I should change my look, but then people aren't gonna know nah, who I nah, am. Nah, you
0: just, you just, yeah, you, you
1: know, this is your thing. It's like, it's like the Michael Jackson socks things
0: going on. It's your, it's your look. If you get rid of that, was like, what's wrong? What's
1: going on? What's going on? <laughs> it's your thing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm keeping hold of it for for the near future yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. while I've still got hair to do it with. Good, good stuff. <laughs> well listen it's with absolute pleasure
0: kind of open up your brain and really delve into it and find it out you know about your profile how you built your profile through competition work and i'm sure people are inspired by what they've heard today and i really uh thank you again hey hey guys hope you enjoyed that episode of the profit profile podcast from your host chris foster the profile guy now guys i'm just going to tell you this please download your competition calendar it's in the show notes and also get yourself ready for the next episode of the profit profile podcast can i just say this thank you very much for those people who have messaged me on instagram saying you enjoyed the podcast really 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 appreciate it please rate the podcast and leave a review it's been really helpful and inspiring at the moment we have five star ratings on apple Podcasts. so massive massive respect for you guys who really appreciate this content and the angle that we're coming at so it's not really about um, general hairdressing tips and ideas it's really focused on building the best possible foundation for your career so thank you very much for supporting us. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you very much. And I would like to reward you by giving you a free competition calendar. Just click the, uh, the link in the show notes and it will be on its way to you. Thanks again.